Welcome to the Real Deal Brides podcast. I'm your host, Alessandra Macaluso, and this is episode three. Today we have Esme Kran again, whom I love. She's the founder of Boda Maestra. Um, she's a professional wedding planning company, uh, and they serve couples in Northern Virginia, Washington, D.C. area, and Maryland. She is a lot of fun. She's got a great website with a ton of resources for brides. You can find that at bodamaestra.com. How's it going, Esme? Hi, Ali. I'm doing well. I'm happy again to be uh, in your podcast. I'm, I'm really excited to share more uh, planning tips with everybody. Thank you. I'm excited to have you here because, again, I absolutely love, love your website. I feel like it's such a good resource for brides, and I love how you don't shy away from like the hard topics. You know, you talk about all the things that brides need to know. And today in particular, I love this topic, six wedding planning tips that you should not dismiss. And I absolutely love every single one of these tips. So before we dive into them, tell me a little bit about what prompted you to write the article and what your thoughts are overall. You know, I thought about writing about this because um, wed- weddings are expensive, of course. We know that it's, it's expensive to have a, a very nice wedding. Mm-hmm. And Brides can get very creative to the point to sacrificing some things they're not maybe thinking through. So I'm thinking uh, this is a good idea for me to write about because while of course you want to save money, you want to do it in um, without sacrificing your guests because today's weddings are about the the guest experience. That's kind of the goal. And that's why you invite the people that you really want to be you know, you you really want to have that day um, with you. I totally agree. And I love that whole entire concept because it brings back the element of keeping things classy versus, you know, going overboard. Yeah, you can go overboard and you can have a million guests, you know, but what are you missing out on? You know, you might be sacrificing things like quality. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if there's 100 people or 50 people at your wedding. All that matters is that you throw a really good party. You you have everybody having a really good time and nobody's uncomfortable. Exactly. Yeah, It's about making the celebration special for yourselves, but also for your guests, because many of them, the ones who come from out of town, they have taken vacation days, you mm-hmm. know, to be with you, uh, probably paid an airfare or maybe drove, you know, a couple hours mm-hmm. <laughs> to be there with you. So that's out of respect, you know, and to be grateful to them for being with you, to making time to share uh, this very special day with you. Yes, I totally agree. And at the end of the day, if your guests are having a good time, then you're going to be more relaxed as a bride. So I feel like one thing feeds into the other back and forth. Yes, exactly. And you really want to be a good hostess. That's, that's, that's also very important. I, I like the, the words that you use, keep it classy, really. Yes, yes. It has to be that way. I know um, I have a, a great audience. I have great clients. But if somebody's thinking, oh, let me save money this way, well, maybe let's just 
double think again if that's the best way to save money in that specific department you want to save money on. Well, let's jump right into it then. So you list a number of things you can do to show your guests how grateful you are to have them with you on your special day. And the very first thing that you mentioned is to have an open bar. So tell me a little bit about that. What's your viewpoint on that? Having an open bar is awesome because the guys are happy. The groom is happy. You know, the, the father of the groom is happy. All the guys are happy. Mm-hmm. And it can get expensive. That's, that's true. But there are ways to save um, money. Um, you can do a, a beer and wine bar, no mixed drinks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and right now, um, honestly, the the more I see things, if you really want to save, uh, caters allow you to um, basically just pay for the um, um, the bartenders, and and then you bring your own alcohol. So it's really um, budget friendly doing it that way. Oh, I never even heard of that. Yes, exactly. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's great. So uh, you bring up a good point because when people think open bar, you automatically assume, oh my God, that means top shelf liquor, you know, everything on ice right there. And that's not the case at all. Like you said, it can just be as simple as beer and wine or like you said, which I didn't even know, just bring your own and work it out with the venue. Exactly. Yeah, there are obviously rules. So hotels won't allow anything like that, but there are a lot of venues, especially when you bring your kidder where you can do that, have, you know, beer and wine mm-hmm. and buy, you know, honestly your own, they, they really just charge you for the labor of these guys preparing and serving the drinks, which is, I think it's a great idea. And I'm not by any means a white connoisseur. I, I love wine. Um, so the best prize in my experience is Zinfandel. Mm-hmm. And um, it's really good. Like it really attracts the masses. You know, the cab is more tricky. Pinot Noir, same thing. But this one, you find a good pricing, and and it really, it has a really good um, bouquet and taste. Yes, it's the Zinfandel is a good people pleaser. I agree. Yes. I've even, you know what I've seen too? I've even seen um, venues do like a signature drink for the bride and groom. So even if you just had like beer and wine and one signature drink or, you know, even just just the signature drink, but having something, you know, where guests don't have to be taking out their wallet, you know, each time I think is a really good option. And it kind of sets the tone for a good party, in my opinion. Yes, I, I fully agree. And actually on that note, I'm having... Um, next month um a wedding where the bride and groom are going for a four hour you know open bar but then i told them okay you're gonna have an hour without with an open bar Mm -hmm. so they thought do you think that if we can just tell them at this time you know which is gonna be 11 o'clock open you know cash bar starts you know Mm -hmm. and i told them well we can do that, but I think by then people are going to be just saying their goodbyes. You're going to have a lot of drunk people at the end of the <laughs> Exactly. So we're going to go with this. So they're going to call this. They're going to announce that the bar is going to be closing, you know, half hour ahead of the closing time. And mm. then there's going to be a little sign saying, you know, from, you know, 11 to midnight is on you. <laughs> See, I think that's perfectly fine. Like, yeah. that's a great option. You know, at least you get the party started and you let everybody know ahead of time so that nobody's, you know, caught off guard. And I think it's very classy. That's what I thought, too. You know, it sounds like a good idea. I don't think it's bad at all. So you can have a mix, you know, 
like a cash and open bar. But I really like this combination where basically, hey, for four hours, that's a lot of hours. Agreed. <laughs> yeah, so that's good. And yeah, it's, it's not cheap. So that's that's one advice that um, brides and grooms can follow to keep it um, on budget. Well, the second one that you mentioned, this is a big, I feel like this one for some reason causes so much controversy. It's invite your friend plus one. So I feel like every time I hear about weddings, it's always, should we invite people with plus one? Should we not invite people with plus one? You say, absolutely, invite your friend plus one. Tell me more about that. I think it's a a sounding yes, because you want your friend to be happy, feel comfortable at your wedding. So nobody likes to be alone, you know, anywhere like eating alone or or just expecting someone to be asked to dance i mean that doesn't really happen i don't think anymore at weddings people go in couples mm-hmm. so that's um a little um i don't, I don't want to say harsh but it's a lot to expect from someone just to show up on their own you know? <laughs> yes yeah. so don't do that just invite another person yes and if i could add one thing to that i would say if for some reason you know you're in a unique situation you really can't invite people with a guest, you know, whatever your case may be, you have to have to have to invite people just solo. If that's the case, and somebody calls you and, and, you know, states their case and begs you to allow them to invite just them, allow them to invite their guest, don't do it. (laughs) Because I think you either have have to stick to all or nothing here. Either everyone's getting invited with a guest, or nobody's getting invited with a guest because, you know, guests talk and they know each other and your circle is probably small enough where you know each person knows your friends or your family so it looks really bad if so and so can't bring their guests but then they see your other friend at a table with their guest you know so i would i would hope, totally agree with you to invite people with guests but in the event that you can't Keep it across the board that no one can have a guest there. I agree. I agree. And you know what? You made me think of inviting children. That's another one. Oh, yes. I touch base on, on, on this one. But um, I remember a um, situation where we had a big Mexican wedding, beautiful wedding. And they, the guests were not happy because they were not inviting children. So the mom of the bride tells me, I have my, my friend calling me okay, I got your invitation for, you know, so-and-so's wedding, and I read here that there's no children allowed. Mm. Are you sure? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, it says on the invite. No children. Yeah, and then she said, do you know I have to hire a babysitter to do this? <laughs> she says, yes, I know. So why don't you plan on it? Right. Oh, I cannot <laughs> believe that you guys are making me do this. See, oh my God, I feel like it, it really is so situational. Like I know a lot of families that there's no way that they wouldn't have kids there because it's just the nature of the family or, you know, maybe it's a day wedding. I don't know. I feel like every situation is unique, but like I got married on a Saturday night and there was no way there was going to be kids there. And I feel like every single one of my guests were happy about that because they wanted like a night out and, you know, to go out late and to drink and have fun and not worry. I shouldn't say no kids. I, I We actually had my... Uh, ring bearer and flower girl there. My ring bearer was four at the time and, and our flower girl was eight, but I left it up to the parents, you know, and they, they chose to bring them and that was fine. But we, other than that, we didn't have any kids there. Well, then the funny thing, guess what happened? This mom, uh, the, the guest tells the mom, oh, I see you have some kids here. And it was exactly like, like in your situation was a flower girl. Yeah. 
<laughs> and I'm thinking, okay, of course they can be there because they're part of the bridal party. Exactly, you know? exactly. It's a different situation. Mm -hmm. She called her on at the day of the wedding. Oh she didn't even tell me. Can you believe that she just told me that? That is, I cannot believe it. I'm like, well, you won't invite her to your next wedding, I bet. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, and at the end of the day, I really feel like when you're getting married, there's so much stress and it's not, half the time it's not because of the bride and the groom. It's because of the stress that guests put on you. And I feel like guests almost need a refresher course in etiquette because it doesn't matter what you think or what you want to do at somebody else's wedding. At the end of the day, you know, they're the ones getting married. So you just go with it. It may not be what you do, but you kind of have to respect the bride and the groom. So that's kind of tricky that she called her out on it. Yes. Yes. I cannot believe some people, you know, they have no filter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it does happen. But you know what? At the end of the day, you're hosting and you do whatever you want. <laughs> right. Agreed. <laughs> well, the third thing that you mentioned is something that I'm huge, very big on as well. You mentioned to focus on the menu and that how it seems like a no brainer, but food is very important. So tell me a little bit more about that. Well, you know, the times where, you know, I just remember, you know, my experience of going to uh, some weddings in Mexico where, you know, it was quantity over quality. You know, you really want to have a full plate of, you know, rice and beans and chicken, something like that, very, you know, very 70s <laughs> but it's not the case anymore i mean we have today's couples are really you know foodies they love food wine and great presentation and mm -hmm. that's exactly what we're going for here that should be the focus of today's wedding and even if it's a buffet let me tell you buffets are really nice these days the presentation of the dishes mm -hmm. even though i mean they're in serving trays they are amazing. So don't feel like you have to do also a plated dinner to do it right. Right. Because obviously you can, you know, save money by having a buffet. And right now I'm going to tell you what it's going to cost you. It's not much more the food, but the servers. That's where you put a lot of the money really in the labor, you know, having all these people going around and serving. So... Just think about this one, you know, it's just really focus on what you want to serve and things that both of you like and things that talk about, uh, who, 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 you know, where you came from. I don't think there's anything wrong with a beautiful, beautifully displayed buffet style dinner. I think it could, like you said, it can be very elegant and you can get so creative nowadays with food and small plates and, you know, all the different style dishes that you can have. And I almost feel like, you can have a broader menu that way too, you know, rather than, okay, pick out three entrees, you know, now you can pick out a ton of different appetizer style dishes, you know, and no one's having to stop you to sit down and eat now, you know, it's kind of like the party just keeps going all night. Yeah, that, that is absolutely right. And also for people who have some food restrictions, they can basically choose whatever they feel they can eat, you know, rather than having a um, you know, in a plated dinner, obviously, you'll say, hey, so-and-so table has this, you know, vegan or right. you know, fish or whatever it is. So it's a little more high maintenance. It's totally doable. And obviously, it's highly recommend that you cater to everyone's special diet. And that's why you have your RSVP cards and ask them, you know, if there's anything that may worry you about our uh, menu. Mm -hmm. um, but the buffets are great for you know pleasing you know everyone's palate mm -hmm. um, and I like what you say too I'm a firm believer in quality over quantity 
Yes. So I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. <laughs> um, the next thing you talk about is the music. Uh, and you say having a subpar DJ or cheesy wedding singer like the Adam Sandler movie <laughs> can make a very long and potentially uncomfortable night. I totally agree. Spend your money on the entertainment because that's where your guests are going to have their fun. And that's what's going to keep the party going all night. Absolutely. Honestly, the one thing I recommend you is... Um, if you're going to have a band, make sure you have uh, seen them uh, live, mm-hmm. performing at another wedding or um, a CD for me is not enough. I know some people have done that and then when they show up, it's just not the right way to do it. And I'm talking about like gazillion years ago now, you know, obviously there's a lot of um Media, you know, you can see a lot of you know, YouTube videos or whatever, you know, it's more accessible. But I'm talking yeah. when I first started, you know, they were using a lot of CDs. Oh, you can, you know, um, listen to my CD and, and see if you like how we sing all this cover music and blah, blah, blah. And, and it's okay. But also the presence and the way they do, you know, they have their master of ceremony. That's also very important. Yes. Because I... <laughs> I was I was helping at a wedding to uh, with a wedding planner friend of mine and this guy I thought I was actually watching a soccer game oh. like go 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 oh no absolutely terrible oh riding room and I thought oh my god he has to be kidding no he kept it going the entire night no there's no way, yeah. I mean, the music selection was fine, but when he starts talking or, you know, making announcements or whatever, that part is like, oh, please, just don't. <laughs> so just make sure that you connect with your uh, DJ, like seeing them live, you know. Don't just go by reviews, you know. Yeah. You have to see them in action. I agree. You make a good point about the CD, too, because... Don't ever, ever go just off of a CD. I would argue even off of their, you know, DVD or YouTube or whatever, unless you can get a really good feel for, you know, how they interact with the crowd and what they're, you know, what they sound like, like you said, when they're announcing things. Because nowadays you can do so much with a CD also, you know, where you can make it sound better. You're not getting any kind of feel for what it really sounds like live. And I'll tell you just on my, our own personal note, we thought for sure we were going to have um, a DJ at our wedding. Mm-hmm. We thought absolutely, like hands down, it wasn't even a question. We were having a DJ. And my father, he was always in um, a wedding band, like for forever. He still is to this day. He always did wedding bands, but I just kind of always thought, oh, they're kind of like old, you know, like they're not really, like we want more of a party, you know? So we were just going to have a DJ. And my father insisted, begged me to go check out this band. Go see my friend's band. Go see them. And we were like, yeah, yeah. All right, fine. You know, we just totally went to appease him one night. And um, we sat down in this, I guess it was the lead singer's house. I can't remember. He had a studio downstairs. And we sat down and they got ready. And we were there with like three other couples. And we're waiting for them to start. And I remember going to reach for my phone in my pocketbook. And I was like, okay, what time is it? You know, when is this going to start? And all of a sudden they started and like they, everything stopped. They completely blew us away. Like one song in and my husband and I looked at each other and we were like, oh my God, we're booking them right now. Like they were amazing, fantastic, like the best wedding band I think I've ever heard. And we booked them that night on the spot and we could not have been happier with them. I mean, they were awesome. And 
a lot of times people don't realize that today's wedding bands play the hits like that are out now, but they play them with their own kind of spin on them. And it does something with, with a crowd that makes them, I don't know, it makes it even more fun. I can't explain it. Like you can't put a price on live music like that. I agree. The only thing, you know, with um, um, live music that I recommend watching is um, make sure all the um, senior people that are not super close to the band because it's way, it could be way too loud, you know? Right. Good point. That's the one thing I always recommend. And it's actually, that's even the same thing for a DJ, but live music is even louder. Yes, good but point. It's awesome. I fully agree with you. And also make sure that they know the um, the dress code of the wedding because sometimes they need to go maybe black tie. Right. Depending on where it is. And everybody in the band has to dress accordingly. So that's very important also to to check that. Good point. That's something mm-hmm. that I never would have even thought about. That's a really good yes. point. Yes, I remember I was a guest at this wedding and they show up and this is, like I said, um, it sounds maybe like I'm so old, but (laughs) 10 years ago, if not even more, I went to a wedding and the band sounded good, but when they show up, we were like, okay, what are they going for? Is this like um, a Halloween or something? They had, I'm not kidding you, uh, purple and yellow, they look like the Vikings. No. Yes. Oh. Was the bride like, mad? Yes, somebody made for them, and it was it was terrible. No. And I asked my friends, okay, this was amazing, and I said, oh, what's going on with these guys with the band? And the bride and groom were cracking up, so, and they said, you know what? We asked them, so how do you guys dress up? Oh, no, no, we wear a suit. <laughs> but they didn't tell them it was a yellow and purple suit. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh my god this just go this just proves right here like how the details matter like yes. when you're booking all these things you have to really look at every single detail because there's a lot of room there for people to do crazy things like wear bright colored suits to your wedding <laughs> exactly so and there's nothing obvious for me i don't assume i always ask you know always whatever it is with my vendors you know when they're sitting up for a wedding beforehand uh, you have a table for you know your equipment. Oh no, I don't. Oh, so does your efficient has you know a speakers and a microphone? I don't know. Maybe maybe it should be fine without any speakerphones or mic. I'm like no. If he's oh. gonna be you know saying the ceremony, I'm sure he wants to be her. So there's things to arrange. You know that sometimes bride and groom they just forget to ask. But luckily, you know wedding planners were there to help them out with little details that they don't think of. I was just going to say this, this right here is a perfect example of the kinds of things that a wedding planner thinks about that a bride and groom think about it. It's chances are it's your first wedding, not in every case, but in most cases, you know, this is the first wedding for the bride and or the groom. So you haven't done this before, you know, you're, you're not used to dealing with vendors and basically you have all these parts but there's no glue like holding them together and making sure that everything flows seamlessly. And honestly, like that is exactly where someone like you and other wedding coordinators, if they're doing a good job, you know, know that they need to step up and help you with, you know, it's, I would never know that. There were so many things looking back that I can't even believe 
I didn't think of, you know, when we got married, but how could you, you know, you're signing contracts, you have so many different moving parts that you don't even have the time to think about these things. Yeah, exactly. And sometimes things just happen to work out, right? But, you know, it, like I said, there's nothing wrong with not having, um, you know, a day off with you uh, or a wedding planner at all. But sometimes you, you sacrifice moments, you know, during the wedding because things were overlooked. Right. I agree. And and you also don't want somebody coming to you on your wedding day saying, um, you know, could you come over here for a minute? Now tell me where, where do I get the table for this? Or, you know, having vendors bother you. Chances are not only are you, you know, do you not want to deal with that, but chances are you won't even know how to answer them because you're too busy, you know, having your wedding. Exactly. Exactly. And that's, that's where, honestly, the, the coordinators, the wedding planners, they come so handy because we can figure out everything in the moment and the bride and groom will never know. Yeah. Agreed. So that's, that's awesome. Well, the next thing you talk about is something that I've seen, you know, a lot recently. And I want you to elaborate more on it because you make a good point in saying how sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. And that is the long slideshow that when you're at a wedding, you know, all of a sudden the music stops and we say, okay, everybody sit down, you know, now we're going to show you this slideshow of the bride and the groom. Tell me your thoughts on that. Well, thoughts on this slideshow. I like them as long as they're short and sweet. And the thing is that, yes, you're absolutely right. Some bride and grooms, I always ask them, how long is your slideshow? Well, you know, 15 minutes. And I'm like, well, unless people are having dinner, it works. But then everybody has to have the right positions, you know, so they can see, you know, this slideshow, whatever uh, is being projected. Um, but it could work during dinner. But you won't have people at people's attention for that long. You mm -hmm. just simply won't because people want to visit too or want to eat and you can also hear noise, you know? So it has to be short and sweet. Um, and I have an example of a wedding that I attended as a guest where we had a lot of pictures of the bride as, you know, as a little baby growing up, kindergarten and all this wonderful things she did. And I'm thinking, where's the groom? <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> they were sprinkled, like, honestly, was something overwhelming, like 50 pictures of her. I mean, we found like 10 of him. Oh. And together, there were like five. And I thought, oh, my God, who made this? No. Maybe her. I don't <laughs> know. Uh, actually, they're not together anymore. Oh, <laughs> no. Actually, one bit, yeah. Wow. It was very very interesting and thinking okay this is not about you it's about how you guys grew up together became the person who you are and now they're in love with each other and there you are it's about telling the story of you and also your family too yeah so but it can be done really well i had one uh wedding uh which i actually i'm, I'm friends with the bride she's my graphic designer by the way oh that's funny Yes, so she does a lot of things of my Budapest logo and whatever I, I need. I, I go to her after, you know, being my bride now. I'm her client and I love her. And um, her mother-in-law, I mean, super techie, um, the mom, uh, made this wonderful Star Wars slideshow. And it was long, 
but it was perfectly long. Oh, cool! <laughs> made started. He loves Star Wars. Her son, so that's how she started with all the you know the slanted letters, you know, going like that. Oh, how cool! Oh my god! It See was- that kind of thing. I think is is so awesome. You know, yes. to have something personal like that and unexpected. You know, with your own personal flair on it. I love that. I'm getting goosebumps just of thinking of it because it was so wonderfully made. And uh, my bride, um, her dad passed away a couple years before she got married, but um, he got to um, meet, um, you know, now um, her husband, now her husband. um, And so there were a lot of pictures of him, you know, when he was, you know, well, and then kind of getting sick. And so mm. that was very hard to see, you know. And, yeah. Uh, but he was there throughout. And it, and it was it was just simply beautiful the way uh, the mom did it, you know. And, and I was like, oh, my God, hands down to, to the mom of the groom who did an amazing job to telling the story of the two families coming together. It was just nicely done. But um, the happen very often. I don't know. It has to take a lot of um, thought and organization. She said she spent like hours and hours doing this and I believe her, but it was a beautiful final product. Awesome. I love that. Anything that's personal like that, I think could be really done really, really well. Yes. Just not a slideshow of just photos of the brides. (laughs) Exactly. No, she told the story. There were, um, subtitles and like um stories you know that were told it, it was just beautifully done so either you do it short and sweet just cutesy yeah or really a nice little production where you can really grab people's attention so the next one you have is a, is a big one i'm so 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 big on this point i can't even say it enough say thank you Sounds so simple, sounds so obvious, but I cannot believe how many times I know I've seen this step completely skipped over. Yeah, you know, and with saying thank you, I also am going to talk about now that I think about it, about the receiving line. The receiving line is a tradition that in weddings is kind of lost, but I'm encouraging my brides to start having them because you are essentially like in a line, right? greeting people as they come and that's pretty much when they are in the um before the uh, cocktail hour finishes mm-hmm. and you can just greet and invite people to go to the ballroom because if you don't do that you may not see them the entire night yeah but if you can do this if you don't want to do the receiving line just walking around tables you know just taking the time to do that because i i remember a guest telling me Oh man, we came from you know Argentina. We barely talked to you know our little you know goddaughter you know so and so, and you're like, oh my gosh, <laughs> you know I feel terrible. You know, I, sometimes I'm like, oh, you know, your aunt told me that. Oh my god, you're right. Let me go and say hi to her. I haven't had any time. So, but just people do feel bad. Like, hey, I'm here. Can you just say hi to me? Yep. Yep. I totally agree. I feel. One of my personal biggest regrets of our wedding day is not going to the cocktail hour because I don't know why we had it in our heads that if you're going to not go to the cocktail hour, then you can get announced in. Like I wasn't thinking in my head that we can still get announced in the room at the reception, even if we go to the cocktail hour, you know, one's not stopping the other. 
But in my mind, it was like, okay, well, no, we wanted to get announced in, so we will hold off and we won't go to the cocktail hour. And that is one of my biggest regrets about the day because we wound up spending the whole first half of the wedding going around to tables and saying hi to everybody, which is nice, you know, and I wanted to do that. You know, we did make it a point to go and talk to everybody at least for, you know, a few minutes and just connect with everybody at least once. But we lost out on the whole front end of our wedding because of that. So if I could go back and do it again, I would go back to the cocktail hour. I fully agree with you. I'm encouraging my couples that if they have the time, because usually what they do is, you know, photography session in between the ceremony and the cocktail hour. Mm -hmm. But especially, actually, I'm having one um, on a wedding in the first weekend of May, and they are, they have a ton of hours in between. They just schedule it that way, like, 1130, you know, in the morning is the ceremony and then, you know, the um, cocktail hour at five. So mm -hmm. the guests are going to really go to the hotel and do whatever and come back and regroup at five. So I told them, make it to your, you know, to your cocktail hour, have fun, say hi to everybody. And then, like you said, then you are not thinking, oh, gosh, I have to spend, you know, the next hour, you know, saying hi to everybody. And it's not that it's annoying but then you make use um, of the time in a more efficient way yeah like for us I felt like every time we would go to a new table the band would play another one of my favorite songs <laughs> I was like oh, no. no like we wanted to get out there so bad but we also really wanted to say hi to everybody you know it just wasn't I wish that we went to the cocktail hour for that exactly and there's nothing written in stone you know one of the takeaways also from when i um attended this conference with uh david tutera he said i want you guys to seeing you do something different mm -hmm. the timelines where there's one thing after another everybody's gonna guess what's coming let's get rid of that let's do something different i like that i thought all right i like that <laughs> I like that. And then it kind of gives the bride and groom more of a license to put their own personality into it versus, you know, just going through the motions and just filling in their, you know, filling in the template that everyone else has done over and over again. Yes. Yeah. Make it your own. Make it your own. Yes. So, yeah, say, say, greet your guests at the reception. Say thank you afterwards. Obviously, handwritten notes are just these days they don't they're not there anymore but for a wedding there is no exception you have to write a note and send it to your guests for the gift and for coming so it's it's just it's just the right thing to do and that's one of those things that with email and all these things that are online are just um kind of forgotten and lost a little bit I agree. I'm big, very big on the thank you notes. And what I always say is even if you have a ridiculously large wedding um, and there's just no way for whatever reason, you know, you can't write everybody a personalized thank you note. I still say find a way to do it. But if a bride and groom really can't do that, I say then compromise. You can do a generic photo one with a note in there that everybody gets. But Pick out the people that were most important to you on that day and at least write them a thank you note. You know, write one to your closest family, your immediate family, those people who really went above and beyond. If you can't do it for everybody, at least do it for those who mean the most to you and who went above and beyond for you. But again, that's with a dis that's a disclaimer because I really do feel like you should just suck it up, sit down, and write everybody a personalized thank you note. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And 
yeah, I mean, you have to do uh, heartfelt, you know, but if you can't just say the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's bad advice, really. But, I mean, you just have to sit down and do it. That's the short answer. You know what? That's why you shouldn't have a long, long uh, guest list. <laughs> exactly, which brings me to your very last point, which I love. You talk about, again, quality over quantity. And one of the ways you can do this is looking at your guest list and you have to at least be open to cutting down the number of attendees. And it doesn't mean you're trying to be mean. It doesn't mean that, you know, you're trying to exclude people. That's not it at all. But it can get really out of hand really quickly when it comes to weddings. So I agree with you 100% that there's no need to over-invite. You know, exactly. like if you're too ambitious about it, then you start compromising things that mean a lot to you and your spouse because you run out of money quickly. You know, you're now you're worried about too many people. I don't know. I, I agree with you there. Yeah, you know, you can actually, the, the amount of people declining uh, to go to a wedding has decreased dramatically. Declining? Yeah, it used to be maybe, um, I was going to say sometimes even 20%. Yeah, that's what I always heard. One digit probably. Wow. Mm -hmm. Interesting. I wonder why. You know why? I think people um, are looking forward to a wedding because they know it's going to be extra super special. I don't know. I mean, I want to say maybe six years ago, seven years ago, weddings really turned the corner and became all this elaborated production, you know, which I don't mind because I, I love and I'm part of the, you know, the industry who, who actually probably made all this up, but it's, it's awesome. It is awesome. Every, everybody gets to do it truly their way now. Exactly. Well, one last thing I want to talk about before I let you go is, um, navigating bridal shows. <laughs> I know that you have one coming up this weekend, and I know that there is just such a gamut of what you can expect from a bridal show. So tell us a little bit about your advice on navigating bridal shows. Well, going to bridal shows, it's awesome for the bride and groom, and the vendors are there all excited to show you what they can do for you. Mm -hmm. So everybody's trying to sell you something, um, but they're prepared to do that in in the sense that they know what they're doing. If they're there to the venue you're going, call it a hotel or a fair, it's because they're professionals. You know, really you have someone there who can do something good for you. So don't feel like these people are unprofessional. I'm not going to say everybody's super professional, but they're there for a reason because people who go to a bridal show, they really invest time and a lot of money into putting a booth. So they're not going to be just, you know, uh, it, no, this is just they're showing up to say, hey, you know, what's up? You know, they really know what they're doing. Good points. Yep. So then going uh, to a bridal show is almost like going to the grocery store. You have to have your list. Otherwise, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I really like that analogy. Yes, you have to. Otherwise, you see many booths and like, okay, what, what I was here for. Yeah, I mean, you were looking for eggs and milk, and then you forgot them, right? Because you didn't write them down. But right. If you really want to find your DJ, or maybe linens, or you're looking for your wedding planner, then just go and visit the booths that they have that. You know, if you want to try a cake, but if you already have a baker, you know, don't give her, you know, false hope that you're going to hire her, you know. it's It's just good to to have some focus and know what you're going to look for. And, and some people, I can tell you, it's being in several 
brow shows they they go to spend the, their you know their weekend or the time which is fine but sometimes it's just um it's a little disappointing when you're on the other side thinking oh man they're just walking around and they're not really gonna do anything with anyone but um it's it's better when you are really shopping for someone who you really need for your um vendor team that's a great piece of advice and then when you look at it like that then everything else is just gravy I don't know. I get overwhelmed when I go to bridal shows. I, I remember I would always get overwhelmed because I, I would just feel like there's just so much, you know, there's so much going on. There's loud music and a ton of people vi vying for your attention. So you're right. Unless you go in there with a, a straight up list of the things that you're looking for, you can, it can get out of hand pretty quickly. Exactly. And it doesn't mean you can't have fun. You know, obviously people are there, you know, they're giving you, you know, champagne and, you know, or this uh, nice uh, little appetizers. Great. You know, have them eat them and have fun. Yeah. But, you know, have a goal in mind when you go yeah. saying, you know what, I'm going to get X out of this, you know. Excellent advice. Well, as usual, I love the article and I love all of your advice. Um, you have a great okay. website, which again, for the listeners is bodamaestra.com. That's B-O-D-A-M-A-E-S-T-R-A.com. Esme has a ton of advice up there. And you also have on your site, the free ebook that you offer, Seven yes. Smart Ways to Plan Your Wedding While Keeping Your Sanity, which I absolutely love. Um, so definitely head over to Esme's website and check that out and follow her on Instagram. I said this last time, but I really do mean this. I love your Instagram feed. You just have so much inspiration there. It's so colorful and beautiful and just a ton of, of inspiration for brides to be. So thank you again so much for coming on the show today, Esme. And uh, I know we're going to have you back again. I, I definitely want you as one of my recurring guests because I love talking to you about all these things. So um, any last notes you want to leave? Well, thanks again for having me. I had so much fun. And yes, thank you so much for, um, you know, passing along my website. I would love to um, have more followers everywhere, Facebook, Instagram, whatever. And um, send me an email um, if you have any wedding planning questions for all these brides who just have even a quick question. I don't mind asking quick questions. You know, it's always, it's always good to help um, brides out because the good thing, even, you know, if you end up not hiring anyone or hiring me for that matter for a wedding planning or coordinator or whatever, having someone who has been in the wedding business and knows vendors, it does really help you a lot to, to narrow down your options and to do things on your own. If you, if that's the way you want to do it in a smarter and easier way. Uh, great so advice. advice. Yeah. <laughs> Great advice. And that's so nice that you're that available and accessible to everybody listening. So what's your email address this way? They oh, my, can... my email is esme, E-S-M-E, at B-O-D-A-M-A-E-S-T-R-A.com, which is bodamaestra.com. Well, thank you again for coming on. Again, bodamaestra.com. Uh, and check out all of the other articles on her website and also visit the Real Deal Brides website at realdealbrides.com and look for the Real Deal Bridal Bible on Amazon and Kindle as well. So thank you again, Esme. We'll talk to you soon. Mm -hmm.